Hi, welcome to the Music Podcast. Today you're listening to an interview conducted by KCSU's music department of Nick Anderson from The Rex. We hope you enjoy. So today I'm here with Nick from The Rex. And how are you doing today? I'm doing really well. Awesome. I'm just going to jump into the questions then. How did you guys all meet? We, oh boy. Um, I, yeah, I met Aaron, our bassist, in like 2010 or 11, because like just on like Facebook, I think, or something. Uh, like it was definitely Facebook and his his band had like posted, a, a band that I liked had tagged his band. And basically I was like on Facebook and saw this random post that was suggested. And I was like, how is this tiny band with the same amount of Facebook likes as I have playing with this band that I like? Like, how am I playing at the library? And these small guys are playing these cool shows. And so I like added all the members of Aaron's band on Facebook and they're all from like Wisconsin. And then it turns out he like booked the show himself. So like he put his own band on the show. So like got it. But then we became friends and uh, he ended up interning for managers in California years later and then introduced me to them. So I moved to California and wanted to start a band. And the other guys in the band are dudes that I met while kind of writing in California and meeting people and networking. And so when I started, wanted to start my own band, I like, I like remembered them. I was like, oh, I wonder if they're in a band right now. And they weren't. And they were like, we'll be in your band. Let's do it. I said, cool. It was totally meant to be. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. Do you do most of the writing for the band? I do. Yeah. Okay. How has your writing process evolved over the years and being together for so long? It's definitely changed quite a bit. It, It used to be like, write a song on an acoustic guitar and then, you know, maybe record it one day, maybe not. Then it became like, okay, make a little demo on my computer and then find out a way to record it, real equipment with someone else later who knows how to do that. And now it's like, I'm writing and recording and producing and engineering all of it at the same time. So like the demo, there's no such thing as demos anymore. The demos just become, there's a demo version one, demo version two, but then it becomes like final version three. So like the demo is the song. I very rarely am like re-recording a whole track. It's like whenever I wrote that line, I record it and like that's the vocal you hear. So it's usually like the one that was like when I had the idea. And I think that gives a a really cool like immediacy to, to our music. It's like you can almost feel that the songs were like born right there and like not over maybe, maybe over complicated later on but like the the nugget of the idea is always it's always recorded as soon as i um get it that's awesome so your fans are like in the studio with you when they listen yeah. to your music basically yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean some songs are literally improvised so like like some of the verse like in the sonder some of the verses in our song sonder and in our song feel so nice are were improvised and like so those takes were me like making them up on the spot so like yeah basically that's super cool what was the first song you remember writing I actually very vividly remember writing a song when I was like eight or nine. And I remember there was like four lines to it. And I remember the whole melody. And I remember all the lyrics. And it was just like this acapella that I was just like, oh, gosh. Are you down to give us a little bit of that song? I can't believe I, I've never been asked that question before. Like, what is the first song I ever wrote? And I can't believe that I remember right now. <laughs> my birthday. No way. Happy birthday. The first line was like, I, I think my, I think the first one was like, it's my birthday. I've been waiting all year. Like something like that. It was like almost country. Yeah, so I, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna save the rest for uh, right. for later. Oh yeah, because and I just realized there's only three lines to the whole thing. So there's that line, then two more small lines, and then the song. And that's it. And uh, 
wow and it's a hit so i gotta save it that's awesome respectable respectable (laughs) what inspired you to start playing music my grandma taught me piano a little bit when i was like in second grade she like taught me the scale like a couple of scales and so i liked playing it once in a while and like learning like a song like once in a while but never really i I just liked i I just always like being creative so but i I was at first making like videos and stuff with my friends like once i figured out iMovie existed i was like obsessed and i was just like i had this tiny camera that i took from my dad's office like from his like it was not even his and it was just like wherever i could find the resources and i was like editing on my dad's imac at his work like i would just go to his office like you would give me a key and there would be no one there and I would just go at like night and I would just like make these videos with my friends and and so like that's how it all started and then music like this was like seventh grade eighth grade ninth grade and like music was kind of evolving at the same time because I wanted to make like music and music videos so like I'd like do both yeah it was all bad and it did none of it had like a direction it was just like I just wanted to make stuff you know yeah so I uh I think I got serious about it in early high school because of like I needed an outlet because I my first like bout of depression and it was my first like that kind of like you know that moment of becoming not a middle schooler and you know becoming a human being and you're like just going through all of that all of that and I was not handling it well but music was a really good outlet and uh that's why I have such an emotional connection to it because it's it's never been about like it being super fun or like just trying to make the sickest song it's always been about like an emotional outlet that's awesome and that's the perfect outlet music is great for that what is your favorite memory on tour the there's a moment that's captured it's on we uploaded it on youtube of our song somebody and it's the live version of it and there's a moment where the song ends and we don't go into like an encore and we don't it's not like our last song of the set there's no reason for this but like the whole crowd like basically gave us like an ovation and they didn't they just kept cheering for minutes on it just minutes and like it just kept going like a, a cheer is usually like five six seconds after a song maybe six seconds is kind of long it's one for minutes and it was like so we just like all cried and like hugged each other on stage and it was just like it was like our first is our biggest show back from covid and like that i don't know if anything could top that moment of gratitude that we were able to like share and like that they were able to share and it was just like everyone in the room just needed that just needed to be back at concerts again and just god i I feel like the whole room cried it was it was so special no one like planned it it wasn't a fan project it wasn't like a it just happened you know it's just like you can't plan those things it was it was so special that sounds magical (laughs) it was yeah what's your favorite song to play live yeah i was asked this question earlier i think i i honestly our whole set is so is so fun for me um there's not like a song in it that i'm like oh we have to play this one now like the whole set has a purpose and because we don't have like any massively like viral songs like our fan base like knows our whole discography so like our whole it seems like the whole show people are like jumping and super into it and like it seems like everyone knows every word to every song and it's not just like people sitting around waiting for like the one they know so the whole set's just super fun and for different reasons am i excited to like whether it be a new song like it just i get that feeling of like wow people know, learn the words and they know it, and that's super cool or like it's an acoustic song and i can hear everyone or it's an old song so everyone's just like really going crazy like the whole set has has great moments for for everything awesome that's a great answer describe the rex in three words not a band <laughs> perfect <laughs> i just say barely a band okay perfect perfect is there backstory to that or no it's just how i feel most of the time okay. <laughs> awesome this is a fun one if the rex were a cover band what band would you cover and what's the name oh man 
Well, now I want to come up with an answer just to give a good name. <laughs> if we had to cover anyone, I would love to cover maybe, okay, maybe either probably Cage the Elephant because I could probably, I could probably lock into that vocal in any other band. It would sound really, I've got a very <laughs> high tonation to my voice. So it's like, I want to say the killers, but I can't do that voice. It not as, you know, not, not, I can't do it justice at least. So I don't know. It'd be fun to do Cage the Elephant and we could call it, damn, see, I, I wish I would have thought of a fun <laughs> had my answer something to do with an elephant <laughs> something to do with an elephant that's what we'd call ourselves perfect there you go release the elephant yeah <laughs> that's awesome wreck the elephant then it'd be like wreck a the elephant. Wreck the elephant. Right. if you weren't a musician what would you be doing with your life i'd be making something man i'd be doing video or i'd be like editing something or i would be like directing stuff or i'd i'd be making something and if it, i couldn't be creative i'd probably be in sales <laughs> I'd probably be in sales, honestly. Sales of what? What would I you did, Well, I mean, anything really. Whatever, like, whatever requires the, like, least amount of effort, but, like, it just depends on, like, if you have the ability to sell, sell then, then you'll do well. Like, before the band got kind of kicked off, I was selling direct TV at Costco. <laughs> so, like, that's, like, something where, like, I was really good at it. Like, I was, like, top, like, 20 in our, in, like, <laughs> of, like, three, 4,000 people who were doing jobs. But like, dude, oh my God, you just stand in like the aisle in the front. Like what? I don't know if you've been to Costco or if you go to Costco, Yeah, you're standing in that aisle where everyone's walking by and I'm just like pitching to every single person who walks in. So I'm like, Hey folks, how's it going? Have you heard what we're okay? Yep. Sorry. Hey folks, have you heard what we're uh, okay? Yep. Hey folks, we're uh, helping our uh, some Costco members save on their cable bills today. How much do you guys pay for cable at home? Oh, sorry. Yep. Go ahead. Nope. And uh, so it's that thousands of times a day. But as soon as I did get someone to talk to me, I sold the heck out of DirecTV. So like maybe I'd be, you know, one of those ones where I don't have to like approach 3000 people a day and have my confidence shattered like on the daily. That'd be awesome. Totally. Who knows? Maybe you have, I bet you have a couple fans out there that definitely bought DirecTV from you. Dude, I, yeah, I sold, I sold a singer of a band, DirecTV once. Um, I think the band's canceled now, so I'm not going to say who, but like, I definitely sold like a, a, a band and I was like, oh yeah, I want to be in a band. And like the whole, the, the whole band came in, by the way. I don't know why they were all literally all together. Like it was a TV show or something, you know, they weren't like huge, but like I knew of them. Yeah. I was like, I sold them DirecTV, you know, I sold them on it. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm doing a, I'm in a band too. And they, they all just like immediately got like super like, yeah, sure, man. You know, like that vibe. Yeah. I was like, oh cool anyway so i just need your name address and uh and a <laughs> hold on you will receive that one dollar hold it'll get charged back to your account after the uh after the installation date is checked that's after how you did it. you did a good job if you still have the script memorized yeah, yeah. oh <laughs> yeah for sure we're through a tear through a tear i'm just like so we're gonna set an installation date for your like, <laughs> Or crying. That is so good. Okay. What is your favorite hype song? Oh God. Okay. So I have a different, we all have a different answer for this. And, and Schmiz and Aaron, like listen to, God, why can't I think of their Limp Biscuit? They just love Limp Biscuit. Nice. But before shows, like just one of those days and they're just like <laughs> loving it. And then we, we all get down. I don't, I don't have a really good hype song. You just go in the, go with the flow. I guess I just like everyone else gets hype around me and like that gets me hype. Like it could be. Oh, this is a fun one. What is your love language? Oh, probably words of affirmation for sure. Um, the band as a whole, is there like an overall? Dude, our, our band's love language is, is gotta be, wow. That's such a good question, dude. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I think everything, I think we're all, I think we're a bit, I think we have a bit of band trauma. So like any show of like, 
appreciation or love toward our band is like like whether it be like gifts or like from from fans or from companies or from like people we work with or like any kind of like compliment like and really like we it feels really great i think i think we we spent a while kind of like like with our old managers didn't it, it didn't feel like that so i think i think yeah we're 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 a bit fragile as a band and we love to hear nice things there you go any pre-show rituals yeah we do a thing called uh meat sale which is like a, just a little it's almost a bohemian rhapsody-esque chant thing that we do Um, and uh yeah we do it before every show we've been doing it since 2017 and yeah it's it's basically like us explaining what what meats are on sale (laughs) and even what cheese is what cheese is (laughs) your discount meat with so it's pretty that's pretty fun lately we've been added we added a twist to it okay where uh yeah because it starts with you know someone going do 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 meat sale now we start we start the whole chant and uh lately this last tour i don't know how it started but it starts with a uh, someone like hey uh i got some fruit for sale and like it looks like you got a fruit cart you know pretend to push a fruit, fruit cart awesome. yeah, fruit for sale I'm like hey we don't want your fruit we don't want your fruit <laughs> someone's like hey i got some salsa for sale who wants to now nah, get out of here with your meat sale and we all you know join along it's pretty pretty dumb that sounds amazing though in five years strong amazing (laughs) do you guys have a favorite post gig food like after you play a show this last tour there was one night where i like i was like looking at this food menu for this place across the street and then our tour manager was like hey if you want i can like i can have the venue runner like get you that burrito like 20 minutes before your set's over so like it's here when you get off stage i'm like i'm allowed to do that Yeah, like that's why there's runners. Like they, I'm like, I could have been doing post show burritos this whole time. And he's like, yeah. So I mean, that burrito tasted so good. So I think that, like, I think that's the answer now. Is that like a we made it moment? Like this is it, post show oh, burritos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. It was, and I don't know if it's because the burrito was so good, or I don't know if the burrito was so good because it was a we made it moment. But man, what a moment it was. That is amazing. Did you anticipate your career to look like this? Yeah, I think that sounds conceited, but it's the answer is yes, because I always like wanted to like tour in a band. Like I just always wanted to do it. And I always had my mindset on it. I wanted to be, you know, in a band and I've been since I've been writing music, I've been performing it, you know, and uh, like at open mic nights and, you know, stuff like them bars and stuff. So and I did all of that with the purpose of exactly this and more, you know, it's like I I went into it. I went into the writing process of it to, you know, express something. I went into the performing part of it because I was like, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to do this. I'm going to this is what I this is what I want to do. I think a lot of people would be lying if they're like, no, I never expected this. It's like maybe it's not safe to say like, oh, yeah, on paper, mathematically, I knew this would happen. It's like, no, it's almost certain it wasn't going to. And it's almost certain it it, it doesn't for almost everyone. But you kind of have to be dumb enough to believe that it will happen in order for it to happen. Like people talk about manifesting things a lot. So much of that comes down to like the naive optimism is what I call it. Like naive optimism where you're dumb enough to believe in yourself. Therefore, you do a lot of like little things that lead you there. Like because you believe it's going to happen, truly believe it's going to happen. Because of that, that that meant that I did things every day toward that goal without thinking about it because I'm like, yeah, because the end goal is that that's going to happen. And therefore, I'm going to write a song today because this tiny little action, it leads me there. And of course it will not like, oh, I have to do these million things and then I'll get there. It's like, no, I'm 
going to be there and I want to do the things on the way. I have, you know, I better get started now. You know, it's like, that's kind of what it was. I think that that's how everything's always felt for me. That's awesome. That's a great way to put it. And now to the new album, Sonder. How did you decide on the name Sonder? Like I was saying earlier about like improvising lyrics, I was like each line of that first verse, I was hitting record and like singing until it was gibberish. And then I would go back and do it again. And then I would just like keep punching in, you know, wherever English stopped being recognizable. And <laughs> that, those were the lyrics. And because I just, I knew what I wanted to say. I just had to get the words out. You know, I, I stumbled on Sonder as one of the lyrics and it immediately, I was just like, oh, wow, I want to name the album that hundred percent. And I didn't even have a chorus for that song yet. I, I just, I, yeah, I didn't even have a chorus yet. So I was, I was kind of like, well, I, I have to finish writing this song at some point. Like I sat on that song for like a couple months without a chorus, just like two verses. And I was like, well, I have to write a chorus to that song because I have to put it on the album because I want to name the album Sonder. So I have to finish it. And so, and I ended up writing like one of my favorite choruses on the whole record out of necessity. So that was cool. <laughs> it was just like, I had to write it. And then it ended up being one of my favorites. And yeah, so Sonder itself, the reason it, it sparked the rest of the, the record is because, you know, the, the definition of Sonder is, is like, you know, the realization that everyone around you, all the uh, all the strangers and passerbys you see on the streets, like they all have these vast, expansive lives. It's complicated and complex and emotional and, you know, as your own. And like each person is the way I look at that is like everyone is as important as the next. And no matter your spawn point, no matter like where you like whether you were born in suburbia in the United States or you were born in like a third world country or you were born in Europe or like you are just as like valuable like as anyone else like yeah so I think that like that was the idea of like trying to get someone to understand that there are more people out there than like just your immediate friends and family and how it's important to like snap out of that like really short-sighted zoomed in thing and like zoom out and like understand that there are all of these people matter as much as you do whether they're trying to cross the border for a better life or they're trying to you know they're looking for a job or they're they don't have a job or they're struggling with addiction like each one of these people are you like you are all of these people and they are you there's no reason to just like npc everybody and i think that that's we have a i think a lot of people have like have a tendency to do that and someone i was you know seeing at the time i i don't i don't think that she really looked at looked at people outside of her immediate friends and family and when that ties into the way you look at the world and the way you'd like to see things change and you want to see things get better and those opinions and thoughts are dismissed or not considered it's like it, it can definitely cause some tension and eventually resentment and that's kind of like what inspired the record for me I was like okay so then that's that lyric you know I thought by now you'd understand Sonder I thought after a year of like trying to like you know show you that it's important to care about other people whether that means putting a mask on or that you you know, like means getting vaccinated, like whatever. Like it's like these are things that these are things that are about other people than you, even if it's for you to protect you. It's also like so much of this thing was about other people, this hyper individualistic pull, pull yourself up by the bootstrap so that I can stomp down other people so that I can be above other. Like, I just don't vibe with that. So like that was, yeah, that's why the record was, was titled Sonder. And a lot of the songs were inspired after that song after I wrote it. That's awesome. That's a great, we got to take care of each other message to put behind the album. Yeah. And to close things off, what's one thing you want your fans to know before they see you on tour? Oh man. 
I don't know. Before they see us on tour, before they come out to see our show, what should they know? We love when people bring stuff to like, like whether it be fan projects or like signs or like gifts, or we just love when the crowd is super involved and we love to see like what they come up with. I've got so many little things in here from the last tour. I've got like pictures of my dog people painted. I've got this little clay 3D model someone made of me of like, you know, they just like painted my jumpsuit. It looks so good. And I've got like, you know, we just, we keep so much of it and it's, it's always like, so it just like, it's the best again. Love languages is the, the greatest. Perfect. That is so awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time with, to talk with me today, Nick. I hope you have an amazing rest of your day and have an amazing tour. Talk to you later. That was the music department with Nick Anderson of The Rex. To listen to more podcasts like these, go to kcsufm.com slash podcast. Find us on Spotify at KCSUFM or check us out on air at 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. <laughs>